I'm here with a, a person that today whose name is Brandon Coleman, which to be honest with you, Brandon, I, um, I always have trouble with Brandons and Brendans. Does anyone ever call you Brendan? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I even think like, I, like you know, I, I second guess myself. I'm like, wait, is it Brendan? <laughs> but, you know, just getting to know you over the past few years. But I know right. it's I know it's Brandon now. What an E-N, yep, yep. Oh, that, see, that makes it even more. That throws me off even more. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're just hanging out. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I was wondering if I, I'm excited for you to come in, and I don't want to sit here and talk about uh, you, so I want you to talk about yourself. Like, tell us um, who you are. Just give a quick introduction to the audience here on the Leader Next Door podcast. Yeah, man. Um, it's good to finally sit down with you. Yeah. Uh, how long has it been? How long have we been trying to plan this thing? Man, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. You know. A while. It, a while. Yeah. <laughs> the school year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm glad you're here too, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I, uh, the title I use is, is youth, youth Practitioner. Uh, I've been in this field for 16 years. Um, I did 10 years in the city of Philadelphia, school district Philadelphia, and uh, I've been in Montgomery County for the last seven uh, under the title in school counselor slash behavior support counselor. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of words. I, you know, I always wonder, um, like, how do, like, what's the path to get there? Is it like, I always get confused with like psychiatrist, psychology, counseling. There's all these options for kids or, right. you know, adults to go and, and see all these people with all these different for issues you may have like is there any way to like do people get confused sometimes of like why they should be talking to you and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa that's for a psychiatrist or no no, no that's for a psychologist like absolutely how, how can you sort that out for us yeah yeah so i actually came under the umbrella of social work which was just more out of um more so out of necessity um because that was the work i could do without a without a master's at the time okay so I came under the umbrella of social work. So I, I have a, uh, my undergrad was in behavior health and counseling. Okay. Um, and then I was able to get a case manager job, a caseworker job under DHS. So it, it was weird. So for me, I always knew I wanted to be in the education sector, um, but I needed my master's. So the only thing that I could really do for a nice salary was, was a social work position. Until you got to that point. So I got there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I like the word counselor because that pretty much, you know, divides the line between medicine and therapy versus uh, obtaining skills. Yeah. In a in a in a different setting, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. Um, so I, I do like there. There's a lot that I want to talk to you about. I have a lot of questions, and and you kind of reminded me of the whole. Um, working for DHS, and you know, knowing that I, I know I told you before, like our story a little bit about adoption and all that right. and, and foster care system and I have, I have questions about that but first I want to ask you about like where did you grow up and where did you um what was your childhood like and how did you maybe even like want to get into this helping people field yeah yeah so uh my family uh, my, my grandmother uh eventually uh located in uh relocated in Mount Airy section of Philadelphia or West Oak Lane excuse me okay um my mom was raised there and then from that point, uh, we came out to Abington, uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. What, well, a, what age were you around when you moved out that grade, way? Grade school. Okay. Yeah, grade school. Uh, you know, it's, it's a thing where people say you kind of have dual citizenship sometimes when, when, when you have family still in that Philadelphia area. <laughs> and even though, like, 
at Willow Grove Baptist is about 10 minutes up 611, you know, 309. It's yeah. not far, but it's still two different worlds. Um, but I, I, I went to Abington High School and uh, graduated yeah. out, out of that, uh, you know, side of, side of the Northwest, I guess, Northwest. Well, yeah. where would you like? Where would you have gone um, if you stayed in Mount Airy? Like, what school might you have gone to? Yeah, so West Oak Lane, it would have been. I, Pennell was the elementary school. That's the local elementary school that my mother actually went to. Okay. Um, and if I, that probably would have been my neighborhood school, but um, yeah, my my mom like coming out of Philadelphia public schools, like she already knew that 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 wasn't going to be the the option for me. Yeah. Um, so it was a purpose that. She came out here in Montgomery County. Um, my father was already out here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was from Germantown. So both of them kind of, I'm going to assume, wanted, you know, that, like, suburban setting versus yeah. the Philadelphia public school system, even back then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What what years are we talking about here, approximately? Yeah, so. And how old are you? I don't yeah, know how old you are. 38. Yeah. All right. Um, so 84 to, like, 90. Okay. That was, so, so yeah, it's in 1990. I'm six. Yeah. So yeah, and and that time frame, um, the education was definitely. You probably saw a historic decline. It might have started then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and my mom being a teacher, you know, she she kind of had birds eye view. Like, yeah, All right. she was a teacher in the school district of Philadelphia. So at that elementary school, you're saying, or that's where she went. Okay, that's yeah. where she went. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you meant she taught there or she went there. Yeah, I got yeah that's where she went. My mom actually was a uh, program engineer at Boeing Helicopters. Whoa. Yeah, she, like, you know, way left than, than what she ended up doing. That's crazy. And that's went cool. into education. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like you say Abington, and I know, at, like, as the crow flies, Abington is not far, like you said. It's just down the way. What is it, just down 611 or 6, Broad 11? Street or whatever? Yeah. But like you said, I mean, it's a world of difference. The the education, or at least the perception of the education at maybe an Abington school district compared to, I don't know, what would be the public school in that area in Mount Airy? What would that probably be? Oh, uh, man. Um, and not to say anything bad about public schools in Philadelphia. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that. But Yeah, Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, Germantown High School, which is closed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you got your friends' schools that are there. Sure. But, yeah. So what do you, like, what do you think, I mean, what differentiates the school systems? Like, you know, why did your parents want to get you to somewhere more suburban? Like, I mean, it may seem obvious or whatever, better opportunity, but what do you think, like, what are some of the specific things that um, people might, I don't know, like, at a school such as Abington and, and not like in, in the city. Yeah. So I know my father who grew up in the gang culture, uh, you know, like, uh, car theft and just like yeah. petty, petty street stuff. Uh, as he came of age and had his own business and got his own house and establishing himself. I, I know, I know for a fact he, he just didn't want to, you know, re repeat a cycle Yeah, in a place where, for bad or for worse, he probably already looked at it as not the place to be. Yeah. Um, and then my mother, on the opposite side, probably probably had a more positive experience in Philadelphia. Just, you know, just was like, you know what, I'm, we're just going to the next higher, quote unquote, um, status 
th- that we can obtain. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. I remember learning it like in um, in, in college about the. You know, I studied sociology a little bit. Actually, that was my degree. And this is the cycle of poverty. And, like, when you look, I think we studied, I think there was, like, this study done on Chester and, like, that area. Mm. And it's, like, I never even thought about it. Like, it, but if, if you're kind of, if you're born into Chester, like, the opportunity and the, the percentage chance of you getting out of that cycle was just, according to this study, like, very low. Right. And I think, like, I, I feel it's interesting looking at someone like yourself, your parents maybe moved you to a suburb. I always, I, you know, I think about that sometimes. Like, is that why you are here? Is that why you're, you know, so successful in your life? Or would you have obtained that anyway? And that's a hard, you know, yeah. do you ever think like that? Yeah. So for a while, it was the opposite. I, I wanted to go back to the city. Yeah. Um, as soon as I graduated, I was out. I didn't want any parts of Abington. Uh, when I was going there, I didn't really, I learned to, you know, appreciate, but at times I didn't feel connected. Yeah. Um, so I, so as soon as I had a chance, I was back in the city, and and I and I worked for Philadelphia for ten years. Yeah. And then uh, I just I just saw circumstances that I was like, you know what, I'm getting exhausted here, and um, coming back out to the to the county kind of was a challenge to me. And I and I had I had did I had out outdone myself right like I had I did that cool. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Um. So the, coming back to Montgomery County to see if I could be to be successful in that run was a challenge for me. Yeah, I can you know I can only kind of imagine there. Um, but yeah, it's, it seems like. Can you hear me okay on this thing? Hold yeah. on, let me turn this up. There we go. It's better. Um, yeah, as you, I mean, as you sort of like worked your way through, you kind of did your. You worked in Philadelphia. Like, was your first, what was your first of all? Where did you go? Where did you do your undergraduate? Where did you go to college? Yeah, so that's a whole, <laughs> that's a journey. Yeah. Um, so uh, from right out of Abington, um, I wasn't, I didn't care about college. I didn't care about, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so Shippensburg University was the was the place that accepted me. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know what that's like, but go ahead. Yeah. Shippen, what are they, the Shippensburg? Marauders uh, or something, the, or is that Miller's? Uh, uh, the, the Red Raiders. Red Raiders, that's it. <laughs> Red Raiders, yeah, yeah. So Shippensburg took you in. Uh, they took me in. I was in the summer <laughs> summer prep program because you know my my grades weren't the best, so I had to, a summer time to kind of like get get me together. I was a summertime program kid too. Yeah, yeah. It's called Act One Hundred One. That was what I were you at Act yep, One Hundred One? No yep, way. That's the same thing. Well, you know, you know, it's what do you think is different? If I told you I was in Act One Hundred One. Normally, you may not believe me. There was only two white kids in Act 101, and I was one of them. Yeah, oddly enough, that that program, I don't know if it's targeted, I don't know what it is, but it was more kids of color there. Well, was it, from what I understood, economically, um, uh, racially, it's any, any kind of minority um, status, and I fell into the economic minority, but mm-hmm. something like that. But it was mm-hmm. me and some kid Todd in Act 101. But anyway, that was at Bloomsburg. You were doing your Act 101 thing at Shippensburg. Great program, but tell us about it. Uh, yeah, I remember the, my names too, those kids that I was with, oddly enough. But um, yeah, so man, I didn't even, I had no, I had never went to go see the school. I knew nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I went for my grandma and my mom and just, just to shut them up, make, make them happy. Yeah. Um, so I only did a year there. I was uh, I was I was invited to uh, no longer come back. 
Okay. Is what I, that's what I would like to say. That's <laughs> probably not what the letter said, but I got you. Um, At, just after the summer? I, or, I did one full year. So you, you made it through the summer because half those kids don't come back oh, in the fall. No doubt. More than half. Yeah, we, yeah. the summer kids, we lost a good crop. <clears throat> it was kids from Harrisburg, Philadelphia, yep. Phoenixville, ex- areas I didn't even know yeah. from Pennsylvania, um, New York kids out yeah. there, um, Jersey. But, yeah, so uh, the crop of us that made it, we were real tight, yeah. And um, I met some great people. Um, Me too. And they, they did the whole, you know, look left, look right, look front, look look behind you. You know, most of them gonna be gone. Yeah, um, that, and that was true. It, facts. You know, I gotta ask you this. Um, I talk to students about this like sometimes in, in my classes, and I'm like, when I like, <clears throat> you know, when I started Act 101, my first classes in the summer, and I have a transcript somewhere, but literally the classes were for me. It was called Math One reading one and writing one the whole summer i didn't get any credits for college so i i mean i took those tests and i was like a little bit i guess you would say behind right um so and then into the fall i'm i'm in like you know reading two right <laughs> i mean kids are you know going into college and they're just advanced and most kids aren't taking that so i was basically learning how to write and read and do kind of basic math yep. in act 101 but yep. That's that is such a great opportunity for, you know, maybe kids like us, you and mm-hmm. I, to mm-hmm. get the support needed, which is more than your average, you know, kid that's admitted to the fall, and and give them an opportunity. Right. And if you have the right mentors and teachers, which I did there, I got lucky. Yeah. Man, I. Was I think to... it is. It's an example where the system got it right. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah, because I agree. Um, and um, but yeah, I, I, I did a year of ship. I didn't like where I was at. Yeah. The, the the community, like the, as far as demographics. Yeah, um, so you know, you're you're Amish. Yeah, <laughs> man, you out there. Listen, Shippensburg <laughs> was the first and only time I saw a KKK member. That's it's crazy. In two thousand and three. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's, that's yeah. That's insane. I I mean, I I remember being in Act One Hundred One and and being at Bloomsburg, probably probably similar demographics at the schools it's pennsylvania state schools and thinking like man you know african-american kids latino um students would all kind of band together in fraternities i know there was kappa um i i became like i felt like i was part of that fraternity almost because of like going through act 101 and um just knowing all of those kids and going through school with that but like i looked around and i'm like man if i was a minority here this is this has got to be challenging Mm -hmm. and challenging but at the same time a lot of times like the kids in like kappa and i forget the um latino fraternity um but they they would become Kappa's like for sure ca- they became so close like it was almost like i i felt like maybe they they fought through and like they're happy because they even though they're in this land of like you know white hillbillies and all this stuff but they kind of like figured out um how to how to like survive and, and be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. I don't want that to come out the wrong way. I'm just trying yeah. to be honest with you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, and we had kid. we had guys there that finished out girls that finished out. Yeah. Um, some of them left after two years, you know, people have their own stories. Yeah. Um, we had, a, we had a nice community. We had a Afri- African, no, it was a uh, multi, multicultural, uh, multicultural student union. Yeah. And that was kind of like where I found like my elders. That's awesome. That were of color. Yeah. Yeah, and willing to support us. Um, but uh but yeah, only did a year there, um, came back to community college. I did Monco community, I did Philadelphia community. 
I did I did all the community. I did a, I did a community tour. Community service. Oh, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for for a while, I just you know just you just out there, man. You just floating, figuring out what you're gonna do in life. Yeah. Um, I got a job as a camp counselor at the YMCA. That's where I figured out like that I like working with kids. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know Philadelphia communities was where I was really where I found my footing. I was in a small environment. You know, community college, yeah, okay. Philadelphia, yeah. And I did. They had a program called behavioral health and counseling. I was like, oh, let me. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so I got involved in that, and um, I did the associates program there. And they had brother sister partnerships with UPenn, Drexel, Temple, and Drexel kind of was the one program that it tied up exactly to where my associates was to, to where I can like get right, right in and not lose any credits, any time to get my bachelor's at Drexel. And um, that's where I finished at. And uh, it was such a shock because my family kind of was just like, ah, we're going to pray for Brandon. You know, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get together one day. Yeah. And uh, a lot of my family, they didn't even believe me that I got accepted to Drexel. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty pristine college or whatever but yeah uh, absolutely that's that's it that's a tough one to get into it's a far cry from getting into the act 101 program at shippensburg you know what i mean it went from summer prep to to you know yeah. right, right next door to upenn so it's crazy um that was an, a, a i earned it you know and yeah. that, that was a good mark for me um and you feel like it's funny because like i know i don't want to speak for you but you know when you get these little not little but these big victories he's like man i got in it's almost like I mean, you had your first shot. You got into Shippensburg. You, you kind of were, you know, like you said, family was kind of pushing you a little bit. Right. Tried it out, came back, whatever, maybe partied, whatever happened. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you get that that chance when you got into Drexel, it's like, all right. Like that that pride that you feel is pretty cool. I mean, I remember it's almost like benchmarks along the way. Definitely. And, and you know, like, like you said, nobody's expecting you to get there. And they didn't believe you. <laughs> they didn't believe. They, and I they, and I believe that you're telling me the truth there. And like they really didn't believe you. <laughs> right. Like, huh. <laughs> right. And you're there now. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't in my. It wasn't in other people's trajectory for me. Yeah. But uh, I remember, like, you know, my grandma's real religious, and I always I say, Grandma, uh, you know, I'm gonna just pray that you know I get in. Um, once I get in, though, I'm gonna do the rest. Yeah. Like God, just let me just open, just let me in the door. Yeah. I got the rest. Um, so I remember that that was like my my motto at that time, but um, but yeah, that great program there, um, behavioral health and counseling was awesome. That program was awesome for me, and it really nice combination of theory and like uh, actually learning about the people in this in this field before you, you know, yeah. the Carl Jungs, the Sigmund Freuds, you know, uh, the people of that elk. Yeah, and, uh, and and just being in the space of the ac academia, you know, people that I had to have real things to say, coming to the table with your peers. Yeah, it's uh, man, it's something I know. You, you like, you just what were you there three years? Yeah, so I did. I yeah, I did three. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, you just open up. Education's a weird thing. I don't know if you feel like this. You, I know you deal with a lot of students in your work. You work at, mainly at a at a you know. At the same high school I work at, I think, right? High school, yep. That's yep. mainly like, main, full time. Yeah, 90, you're, 95%. 95. Yeah. So it's a tricky time right now with kids. As a, It's probably always been tricky, but I don't know what to tell kids to do anymore because of, I talk about this a lot on here, but between the cost of education and the desire to, 
almost like the same mindset that, that you and I kind of both had when we went to college. Like you're going because you have to go because everyone's kind of pushing you that way. Right. But a lot of times I don't see that desire as much from students. They might not be ready, but it's like, if you're not, if you're not ready and you go, I mean, no one, you don't, you don't get the money back. Right. So, and, and then you, you know, and then there's like, well, why don't you just go into the trade, you know, learn a trade. And some kids don't want to do trades either. They want to do that. So it's yeah. like, I don't, I, it's hard to direct kids. Like, let's just say like the average kid maybe who comes from, you know, lower middle, whatever, like not a ton of savings. Like, Hey, if you're going to do, you can go to college, but it's going to kind of be on, on you with loans. Right. I don't know what this, I don't know what to suggest anymore. Uh, yeah. What do you, do you, do you deal with any, I know you're dealing with a lot of behavioral issues, but does that ever come up in your yeah, man, um, a lot, a lot, because the game has changed. Yeah. And, and I mean, now, you know, if 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 I if we see that the path is like obviously not college, you know, I don't mind, you know, letting them know reality. Yeah. Like, if, if, if it's not in your ballpark, yeah, don't 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 buy the ticket. It's <laughs> <laughs> good advice, you know. Um, yeah. But and I guess I guess a simple answer would be if you focus on like what you're good at and and if you love it that's a, that's a double win yeah but if you focus on what you're good at you can probably make a good living yeah um and whatever that is man and not and not putting yourself in a, a, a box yeah um but i agree with you it is this time is tricky it's tricky and, I, and and i'm not afraid to to tell that to kids either but i am apprehensive somewhat because if i was a student in 2023 17 year old you know jim shields they shouldn't have sent me to college. Yeah. But when I went there, like I figured it out. Right. Um, and I, and I made it, you know, right. I, I, I turned it around and it's like, I, I, I don't want to tell a kid not to further your education when I know that the switch just didn't turn on yet for them. Right. And it's coming. Right. It may not be coming, but it could be coming. Right. And it, Cause you know, it happened to me. So like I, I'm in the, I'm in such a weird spot with that. Yeah. Well, I think we, we start too late to me, you know, even with, the idea of what they can do. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the harm in having kids go start tech at a, for, as a freshman? Yeah. Uh, or even like giving them the op- option to like read and consider um, in, into waiting to like junior year or senior year where they, where they have now they're like stressed and worried about college. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think we do it the best way. <laughs> I think know? I think a lot of kids also, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think a lot of kids also kind of have like a false confidence, like, oh yeah, I'm going for this. But it's like, usually, not usually, but a lot of times in a year, it's like they're not doing that anymore. Or right, right. the kid that's like, or like half the kids are like, oh, I think I'm going to do this, but I'm, or it's like undecided studies or whatever they call it, or <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like yeah. general studies. It's like, all right. And I don't- The boards. Yeah, yeah. And I mean- Sounds cool. Sounds cool. And that's kind of what I did too. You know, just some kids are going to figure it out and, and some aren't. I think I think you're always going to be, I, I, I mean, it seems like, and I think that the more education you have, the more opportunity that you'll have. Right. But then, you know, you, you just worry about that debt. Like, you're going to lose a lot of opportunity because of that debt. So it's a weird balance. I say this all the time, but back in the day, I was like, oh, I worked my way through college. You can't work your way through college anymore. You can't work nah. at Starbucks and make, if you're lucky, $14 an hour and pay off $180,000 tuition. Oh, man. We're going to have a lot of 25 and 30-year-olds still living in their parents' house for this next generation. I've been hearing that this generation right now, unless they are really getting a big inheritance, are probably not going to be homeowners. 
Because I don't see, I mean, uh, what's the average home now? It's like 400, I don't even know, yeah. around here? Like around yeah. the, the Horsham area? Is almost, it 400,000? I don't know. Almost half a million. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, I, I'm married. My wife and I both work, and we're like, we, we, we can afford it, but not by much. Right, <laughs> And right. we're both doing pretty well. And two people that are, yeah. yeah working full time and, and whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell kids. I mean, I, I just want to... I'm not a counselor, but in a way I feel that I do counsel them, not to the level that you do, but I feel like I'm a, you know, I support them and encourage them. And just like you said, you know, just focus on what you're good at and go after it. And, but it's a little tricky. It is. Yeah. And if you can't find a way that you can make money off what you're good at, then, then you got to, that, then, then it's called hustle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that is true. Um, and not everyone has that. Like, it's funny. I, um, my son who is, he is, I bring him up a lot because he's like around the age of students I teach, but he's in ninth grade. Okay. And I think it was like last summer. <clears throat> he's like, you know, he's at that age where he wants to buy sneakers and he wants all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you got your chores. I was like, the way we work it is like, um, excuse me, like mm -hmm. you get your chores and whatever you need, you know, we'll pay for it as long as you do your chores on, on Saturdays and throughout the rest of the week. Right. Um, but, you know, if it's, I'm not going to be dropping all this money on Jordans and he wants an Oculus and this and that, unless it's your birthday and stuff. So I was like, dude, you got to get a job. I was like, you can work. I mean, he wrestles. That's his main thing. Yeah. So he, he got like a little squad together of his friends and started like raking leaves and like doing some stuff in the neighborhood. I'm like, ah. I was trying to help him, but also trying to stay out of it, let him figure out his stuff. And he did a little bit, but he his work ethic, I was like, ah. he he also was kind of like, recently he's like I, I think i need a boss he's like I, i'm not able to like motivate myself to do it so so that's kind of where we're at mm. right now so i'm like all right i wish you were motivated to do it but at the same time at least you're being honest with yourself right so he's trying to get like a job like a schedule and stuff for the summer so we'll see where that goes that's interesting i i think in a weird way this generation might be breaking that cycle of people needing a boss Huh. Um, with the liberty of technology yeah. and kind of how college is just kind of getting ousted. C COVID, you know, pandemic uh, infected some of that too. Yeah. But maybe this generation can help, not help, but maybe they're twisting this cycle to where we have some more self-sufficient people yeah. that are creating their own things to, it, to, to, to make a living off of. It does seem like that. Like, it, I feel like even with COVID where... That was the first time I was like, all right, everybody go home for a while. Um, let's adapt. Let's do everything mm -hmm. online. And then when it was time to come back, it was like, well, I don't want to come back. Or or companies were like, well, we don't need you to come back. Right. Or the people were just like, well, I can do that from home. So can I stay? So it's changed the game in that sense. Like you said, a lot of stuff can just be done remotely. Whereas before it was like, oh, we need to get a tech person to figure out how to do to connect with this. Now it's like it's embedded in our life. Absolutely. I, it, totally. I, I remember meeting freshmen last year who had their own businesses already. I mean, Instagram really? accounts. If, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, full-fledged businesses. I'm like, man, look at this. In ninth grade. Um, I just awesome. recently met a kid who he dropped out. Senior year, he, he had he had it all. Like, he could have finished out, but he, he left to pursue a, a photography career uh, out in California. Wow, and um, he has like legit video, YouTube videos, and uh, yeah, like he's had a hundred million views. I mean, yeah, that's that's mo that's money right there. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you can you can always go back. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. So it, yeah, we're we're in a it's a different time. 
It is a different show. Sure. Have you noticed um, in your work, um, you know, I don't want to say I'm sure the answer is yes, but I'm more interested in like, you've been doing this for, how many how many years have you been in this field? In the school? Uh, yeah, in the field, um, about 13 years. Okay, so yeah. about 13 years. So definitely long enough to have a lot of experience. And ha- let me just ask you the general question. Um, what did the pandemic do to mental health? What did it do to this generation? Is it tangible? Is it something that you as a counselor can actually say, I mean, everyone noted like we're all different in some ways, maybe because of that. But I'm just curious, like, what are some of the differences that maybe you've noticed in people since then? Yeah, that's a ooh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, I look at it metaphorically, like if you lose two years of sleep, you don't you don't get it back, right? You yeah. don't. There's no there's no thing, such thing as make up sleep. Yeah. Um. So that's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh, so you just catch up on the fly from what you missed in that two years. Mm, um, I like that. So I see a lot of people who are fatigued mm. is the word I'll use. They're fatigued in the realms of social skills. They're fatigued in the realms of uh, learning. They're fatigued in the way of building relationship skills. And they're literally learning on the fly at a, at a later time. Yeah. That, that's what I see with our young people. Fortunately for us, we, built those skills so for us it was more so a thing of just getting back in the flow of a social setting or yeah. whatever the case may be but for our young people I, they, they're tired i love that metaphor because yeah. it's like yeah you can't catch up on sleep say you miss a day of whatever even a day of sleep and like you're gonna be you know you know how you feel the next day or t- even day or next two three four days down the road you're trying to play catch up yep and that's true, man. And and in the developmental stages of maybe their their brain and going, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I mean, counselors are busier, mm-hmm. uh, more not just counselors, but right. you know, from from folks that I've talked to and just being involved and taking kids, my own kids, the therapies and hearing this and that. It seems like they're. I don't want to say overwhelmed, but right. there's an influx of patient, young patients. Agreed. And I just wonder, you know, is it because, like you said, like we we just had to get back into the flow. So when we come back at whatever level we're teaching at or working at, we're expecting kids who were at 16 years old or 14 years old to be at that normal 14 year old or 16 year old level, and they're not there yet. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. Trying to figure, like, I don't know if there's an answer, but. Yeah, I I mean, I kind of, I, I talk about this all the time, like my circles. I, I don't think we're going to get a class of like, quote unquote, normal, whatever we, whatever, benchmark, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to see those kids until maybe about five, six years down the line, because you, you got to think about it. Like, if a kid who was in third grade got interrupted, Versus a kid who was three weeks old, it's different. Yeah. Um, now that kid that was three weeks old got whose life got interrupted with COVID, it, it might have hit them, impact them, and maybe like their it, um, their bubble in their house, you know, a social bubble. Yeah. But that kid that's in third grade, developmentally, educationally, social social realm, I think it impacted that kid a little bit differently. So I, yeah, that's true. We may not see you know in uh, an adapt adapted learner until whatever whatever age you know uh what's it 2020 yeah about another seven years i mean who who knows how this this thing will play out yeah 
I mean, yeah. What if what has been like? I know you do a lot of training in your field and stuff. Ha, has there been anything? I, maybe there's not, but has there been anything specifically to uh, like things that counselors are seeing more and different ways to treat the standard, um, not treat, but um, counsel the standard student that that maybe comes through. Like, what are what kind of things do counselors see now? Like, what kind of what are some of the more prominent behaviors that have happened since COVID? Yeah, I think something that was probably what we weren't seeing as much is just like the the lack of relationship skills okay, and how that plays a role into how you might feel anxiety mm. um, or how you might feel depression uh, because you don't have a circle uh, to help yeah. cope you with just general things. Yeah, um, that's That's what I see a lot and with other uh counselors it's it's yeah. it's just a lack of relationships and friendships and they they struggle to build them what um, do you, what do, you yeah. do what do you do with the kid that um you know that comes in that you know they don't have anybody and sometimes like they don't want to admit it probably or you see them though i mean you you, mm -hmm. you know i mean i see them as a, as a teacher too and it's like they try to kind of fit in and kids are not necessarily always mean to them but they don't accept them right and you see that it's like what do you how do you how do you how do you talk to a kid like that like as a counselor what do you what do you say like how do you help them right right so so for me uh i, I always just trying to meet them where they're at yeah and try to get get to their base as as versus them you know coming to me mm -hmm. um which could be uncomfortable at times but i think a good a unique position to be in in the school sector because I do I do counseling outside of the school, but in the school sector, we get to see you know the entire school community, the school population. Yeah. So on those occasions where I'm I'm kind of on a on a stage, you know, greeting and talking to other kids, the fact that I'm consistent and not ignoring that that awkward kid, I give you the same love as, yeah. I, as I give the the, the star quarterback yeah, kid. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and that always feels good because I'm, you know, I'm not playing favorites. And, yeah. you, know, you know, if you're if you're in this foxhole with me, then I'm acknowledging and give you the, the same love. Yeah. Um, so in the, that is a that the school sectors, but that uh, that's a unique space. Um, but on the outside, um, yeah, it's 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 nuanced, man, and it's it's it could take a while. Yeah. You know, it, it, it could take a while because you got you got to really break down walls and barriers that have been, you know, um, have, that have now been there for that for that particular kid, you know, for some for months in, you know, yeah. years sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, some kids, you know, it's it's there's all sorts of like defense mechanisms to make themselves just certain actions where they act out. And I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I wonder you know, how to, what advice can I, can I give a kid like that that's really struggling to fit in and to find their, find their spot? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, sometimes in a school, it's very probably, actually not probably it is, it's, it's clicky and there's, there's groups and they can be really mean to each other, both in person and more so online. Definitely. But yeah, it's just I, I feel for those kids, man. You know, and, and I know yeah. you do too. That's why you're in this field. But yeah. it's like, and there's no easy solutions. Like, oh, here, like, uh, you know, take this quiz, and we'll tell you exactly what to do. It's, right, right. Yeah. Sometimes know. giving them that time to just talk, you know, when and if they feel comfortable, 
let them hear their own voice for 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 a minute. Yeah. And then uh, you know, I mean, that can do wonders. You know, just that right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think that there's enough um, mental health counseling currently available in public education? <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't want, you know, I'm just not, I mean, you hear all the time that there's not. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just the amount of, the amount of students that I think could benefit from, and teachers and all people can benefit from, like you said, just going through, not necessarily therapy, but just talking, getting it out. Right. Talking is is um is super beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mental health is like a, I put that up here like it's it's a it's to me it's a further up arching like uh, topic yeah but like mental wellness is you know right underneath but just as just as important and okay. and, and I think that's the probably the because the, like people mental health right has been that that's a thing now like that's yeah that's embedded in us that's a that's something that we're always checking on the box especially after COVID yeah but mental wellness is is that it's the box you get before that. And I think that's something that we all should be practicing. And that What is that? Um, what is mental wellness to you? Like what do you mean by that? To me it's it's you know, it's getting sun, it's it's being in nature, um, making sure your 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 spirit is intact. Um, you have a purpose for the day. Yeah. You know, you're you're reaching out to you know, who did I talk to today? Did I did I reach out to somebody today? Did yeah. I talk to cordially or in a deep conversation? Doesn't even matter. Um, just make sure you're feeding yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, eating the right food. You know, nutrition. Just, yeah. You just just basic simple stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. You you say all that stuff, but I would I would bet that there's a large population of kids that come in for all sorts of issues that definitely don't get enough sleep, definitely don't get into the sun, definitely aren't eating shit definitely are not making connections definitely are nine hours plus a day on social media it's tired it's all it has to be yeah you know but it's like that that you want to say like well here's this is big part this could this could you change these three or four things like you're probably on a, a better path Guaranteed. So it's, it's tricky but how do you get them to do those things yeah, yeah, I, I, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. No. Anyway, yeah, that, that's the that's the million dollar question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can I, I make sure I, I exude it in my life. So that's an easy way. I mean, when we were hybrid, um, you know, we weren't driving as much, right? Like, yeah, I was riding my bike here. You yeah, know, I was cool. I was getting the train from from uh, from Philly, getting off at the Hatboro, uh train <laughs> stop and ride my bike, and I was actually like practicing what I preach and I still you know I, and I've, I've acclimated I've acclimated that back in, into my life yeah. since COVID um, but I think when we have those times to, to actually do what we say um, that helps a little bit more because it's like oh like you you, you, you actually do that yeah <laughs> like yeah I do and they see it <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah that, that makes sense um, I kind of wanted to jump over to I can't I can't stop thinking about this. Like I kind I really didn't know that you worked uh, for DHS and mm-hmm. I'll tell you man I I one of the one of the most eye-opening things for me was when I and and you may not have dealt with this at all. Like I don't know what part what part of DHS did you did you work for and what was your job there? Yeah, yeah. uh so I was a uh, so the man I'm trying to figure out what was it called before I'm um 
I forget the title, but DH has had a million dollar lawsuit. A, a kid died on their watch, and so they started the community umbrella agency, Kua. which is Kua. Yeah. Right. So I was a Kua case manager. Oh. Um, we were the first sector in the city. Um, we were we were Kua one. There was another Kua two, and then now there's probably like thirty or forty. Yeah. Um, so I was. Essentially, like the quarterback to the case. Gotcha. So if a DHS case came in, I received it, and I stayed with that case until the end. Okay. Um, regardless of where where the kid was, where the kid got placed, what where the family was, so you you essentially you follow the case. Yeah. So that was that was Philadelphia's. That was DHS's um, kind of way into making sure none of these catastrophic things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have like I want to. Yeah, you don't have to say anything you don't want to say, but like um, I'm just going to be uh, like open, and honest with my experience with that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things. When we first, you know, we, my wife and I, we adopted three kids. I th I think you know that, yep, but I'm yep. not sure. Three brothers from Philadelphia foster care system. It's awesome, man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's been it's amazing. So when we first started on this journey, we're like, yeah, we want to do this. Um, we heard like horror stories. We went to a couple meetings. Like I didn't even know. I was just looking at websites. I was like, I didn't understand what was going on. You go to these meetings. People are like, Well, man, we we had this kid in our house for two years, and then mom got out of jail, and then you know she was a drug addict, but she said she was clean for three weeks or whatever, and the judge like gave him back to the mom, and that's mm -hmm. it. And that was so we're hearing these stories and thinking like, All right, so we kind of were defeated. I remember one specific meeting in Norristown, and um, we left there thinking like, Man, you know what? At the time, I, I remember reading an article in um, Time Magazine, and the cover, it said, Dinks, double income, no kids. And it was a husband and wife laying back on some mm. Caribbean, like, in the water, in some Caribbean waters. Like, the footage was shot by, like, a drone. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe we could do that. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't seem, you know, the cards aren't really in our favor. Yeah. So anyways, um, so we go out, and I remember looking at, I found something called the Pennsylvania Swan Network. Does that ring a bell? I don't know yeah, if it's related so. to whatever. I mean, but basically, it was all of the kids that were um, up for adoption in Philadelphia right. and in the foster care system. And I was like, all right, well, let me see what this is. And I remember like going to the website, and there wasn't a password or anything. There's just kids, their faces, like right there. Boom! Wow, twelve year old kid brothers brother and sister all these kids and it's like i was like i don't feel like i should like th it, it was like a mm. um like 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 pet finder yeah yeah i'm like <laughs> what the f i was like this is this is a, I, I can't even I, I still to this day i can't i think that i checked happened. recently it's still there i mean you could That's just crazy. and that to me showed the need and the like there is no, there are not there's a lot of kids in foster care that are that are really in some some crazy situations. Absolutely. So, you know, we we went through what we went through, and you know, we found a match. We we thought we would get um, two uh, kids, and we got three. Whatever, it just worked out. It was really, it was you know divine intervention, if yeah. you will. So, um, I will say though, man, the process was, you know, we dealt with it. We, we dealt with a kua. Mm. Um, and it was like really hard to go through this process because it felt like the kua that we were assigned was not really help, like there to help. And we mm -hmm. were like, look, 
we're here. We're going to do everything you tell us to do, even though some of the stuff you're making us do doesn't make sense for us. We'll do whatever you need. Take, right. You take these classes, whatever, and do this and that, paperwork. You know, if we had to get something signed by whatever, bam, it was done the next that night or the next day. But, you know, as far as, like, getting them to help us with anything and everything, it was a nightmare. Mm. And couldn't get a hold of this person. And I, didn't, I don't know. So I, I really... I, we had a bad experience with um, the the adoption process from foster care, and I don't I'm know. Not I, I don't. So it se- it just seemed like the the particular worker that we had was just very disconnected and not not into it like at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know what what's going on as far as you know of like with that system. Is it a good system? Is it broken? What are some of the problems that you know of? And and. How could it be fixed? There's like 12 questions I just asked you. Yeah, but. yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all good. <laughs> uh, that particular, that part, that worker probably would just probably had a bunch of cases too also. Yeah. And uh, knee deep. Yeah. And maybe just kind of, you know, uh, phoning it in. But um, maybe, yeah. it's just, it's it's a problem that we didn't start, you know, like like first of all, you know, uh, it's a, to me, anytime we're talking about systematic stuff, uh it's a it's a mess that like it's like you want me to you want me to clean up this milk but I didn't I didn't I didn't buy the milk that this spilled you yeah, know yeah yeah um but you want me to clean it up and make it perfect again but um yeah DHS my experience man I had to like damn near break the law to do the right thing yeah and I think that the restrictions that that are put in place for families to adopt you know, for for us to get the kids out the system, the restrictions are just so vast, and yeah. I mean, sometimes it's almost impossible. Uh, to the point where, if I had a family like you, or you guys, I would have probably loved working with. That would have been yeah. a, 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 a dream because because that's part of it too. Where some some yeah. of the, some of the foster parents are, are bad foster parents. You know, oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. The, the, on the other hand, you you get people doing it for the wrong thing. Yeah, um, and there's money involved. There's money involved a when lot. you when you get even even for for fostering for foster to adopt programs like there's money that gets attached to that so yep. what we found and researched and it seemed to be that you know and it's hard to prove but a lot of people are in it for the wrong reasons kind of like you said like oh yeah well you know we'll 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 take on all these kids and they don't take care of them at all but they do receive funding for each individual kid that they take on and and I think yep. that's that's ha- that's happening a lot. It's going on, and, and, and yeah, and I don't. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but I think a lot of people too. E- eventually, they they just start to become cogs in the system. Yeah, and they get used to receiving a check, whether you're whether you're working for the government or the state, or you're on the other end receiving, uh, you know, funds for a kid. Yeah, um, it just it just continues to just feel like like a like a like a business uh transaction yeah and people start to lose sight of like ethics and like really honestly like what what did you probably got in this for yeah um and i just saw that all around me that like we we stopped i mean it's going on before i was there but people stop you know or maybe they just get tired of like fighting a good fight quote unquote and then they just kind of just give Give in to, to to what's easier yeah um but i had to it was wearing on me. I mean, it, it was. It was never a thing that I wanted to do. It was more of a um, a stepping stone for me. Um, I already in my head, I already knew I wanted to be more like the school counselor. Yeah, sure. Just a means to a means sure. to a, a goal. But 
I knew that like once I started like feeling like I was I was like damn near breaking the law. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is not the place. This yeah. is not the feel for me. But it's crazy because like that's such an important job. You know, like you have the difference in I don't know. Like let's just say my kids for example, three of them, like the difference in getting them placed with a family that could change their life potentially or getting thrown back into the system and and you know, it's like a meat grinder. Yep. So, yep. man, I just it I don't know how do you how do you how do you fix how do you fix that system? Is it is it is it higher pay those workers better? Is it to have more you know respect for for that field? I I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not. It's 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 tough. It's a tough system right now. It is. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it got worse, better. I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Um, I know there's more awareness on it, so maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. I also, an, an interesting thing is, um, number one, I wanted to say that the foster care, uh, the foster mom that had my kids before we adopted them, mm -hmm. um, well, foster to adopt, you have to foster first in that program for six months, but amazing. Yeah. She like, she had them for almost two years and got them out of like, they were being thrown around a couple of different homes and some bad situations, but man, so there's, I mean, and she's an angel. Yeah. I, I mean, she she was bringing kids in all the time. She was a respite for some people. Like unbelievable person. Right. Um, I I will have her on this podcast soon enough. I hope. But she's we just have have had trouble like catching up and stuff. If, but. Well, she's as hard as me. You know. Good luck. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's been a challenge yeah. to get a hold of. But yeah. um, and I think she. I don't even think she knows how like special she is. Like the people like that. Because look, mm. I mean, we came in and took her three kids away and like they don't it's it's confusing and hard for everybody right and it's like you feel like even though like outsiders will see someone who adopts and like oh that's so great kids don't feel like that no i mean they're kind of happy like oh this could be good but they're also man they're going through their trauma they're going they're being ripped out of another place and and it feels as a as a, an adoptive parent it feels like oh man we're i feel icky like i'm stealing these kids you know what i mean right. like it's not stealing but like right there's all kinds of emotions. It's complicated, as you, I'm sure you've talked to people about before, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's really hard to to remove the rights of a parent, right? Like yeah. that's, cause that's, event, that's ultimately the, kind of what needs to happen. Yeah. That process is, is hard. And it's long. very hard. It's yeah. very hard. And I will just, just as a, as a you know, plug for adoption and Philadelphia foster care system, there are a lot of great people we worked for. Um, and, there are ways that you can search for children that already have parental rights terminated. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that, that we did. Mm -hmm. So we really didn't want to you dodge a, You dodge broken. a whole yeah. set of bullets doing yeah. that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's a, it's a great thing. And you deal, you deal with hard things everywhere. But in the end, it's, it's, been, it's been an amazing amazing thing no man bless you guys for that yeah but i don't yeah. i'm not even getting into that but so back to you um you 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 wanted to get out of there and i understand why um it's a it's a complicated system it's you know you, you saw some things happening but it seems like you're on the right track now like what is, what is the future of brandon coleman like where where you're happy now it seems hmm. seems like you got things going like where where could you go the future for me man um I've been uh, most recently like thinking about how to maximize, you know, just my power. 
yeah. and um, making sure like I'm giving things the right access point, not over, not over using my space in certain in certain settings, mm-hmm. knowing when to apply, you know, wh- what energy I need to apply, and a lot of things. Um, I think I think uh, it's just I want to do things more under my own umbrella. Um, maybe do some more like consulting, yeah, um, and kind of like to get out of the system box a little bit yeah to see if i could just do do things under my under if not my own umbrella um a collaborator's umbrella sure to to, to where we could start maybe doing some things a little more abstractly to where we i can free to move move around yeah and, um help these kids man and uh you know young adults as well but that's pretty much my yeah um, my population and that's yeah it seems like you i'll tell you i mean if there's ever a time where there's there's a need for help (laughs) you know i think that if you whatever get the right partner or figure it out on your own i think that i think it's there it's just it's never easy but i think that there's a there's probably a a way to to get that done and and be pretty successful yeah and yeah so see what happens yeah yeah stay stay uh post keep me posted on that stuff we'll do Um, right around the corner yeah i know that (laughs) so is there any like is there any um do you do that now? Is that like kind of on the down low for what you do now? Is there anything to promote that you do outside? Like if people wanted to contact you outside? Yeah. So uh, I'm a mobile therapist outside of here. Um, I have a, I have a few private clients. I also work with a private agency, um, and I funnel uh, families through them. Okay. And uh, but in the future, I'm just I'm kind of more consi- more con- more want to focus on just kind of doing things through my own umbrella. Right. So right now I'm actually currently um, getting my licensure uh, for New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Awesome. Um, so that that would allow me you know the fortitude uh, to do things privately um, because working in the school system right when when we don't really have it, when there's no much when there's nothing else we could do for a kid. Yeah. When you know we're we're calling we're furring <laughs> out it's the other side of the game, it, it seems like you're, you, it's either insurance issues, yeah. it's a waiting list, yeah. or it's not a right fit for the therapist. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know what? They they need some help on that side too. So uh, the the future for me, um, I'm not going to broadcast nothing yet, but yeah. uh, I, I want to get more in the private practice side of things because because that system it, it has its, it it needs its support too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, it's it's cool. Your your trajectory is. Uh, good you're getting experience everywhere um but you know what what about outside of work man i mean like yeah. you I, I i know that we talked about i know you used to and i don't know if you still do you had a podcast i want to ask you yeah. about that i want to ask you like what do you do out what's your life like outside of work yeah so uh yeah the podcast um yeah so i i was doing uh it was like terrestrial radio at that point but around <laughs> 2013 2014 15 uh, I had a I had a show uh, called the, the the Two Cents Podcast uh, with a good friend of mine. Awesome, and he went on to pursue uh, politics. Actually, um, he he ran for like local local government. Cool. Um, and then now he's now he's back in education. He's, he's a teacher now. Um, but anyway, you know we he was just going in one way. I was going another way. Yeah. Um, and so the podcast was kind of that podcast space was dormant for me yeah and i had a couple of good friends who would join when i had my previous program and I'm like yo man like you know what's up with the podcast like you still doing it I'm like <laughs> and i and the only way i would agree to it is i said listen i'm not 
I don't want to be in a driver's seat. Yeah. I'll collab with somebody, yeah. but I don't want to do like I, I just know how it feels to have your own situation and then you kinda of left holding the bag type of thing. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um so I wanted partners this time around. So um so that's what I got. So, you know, in twenty twenty I started up a podcast called uh Trust Let's Radio and Say that again? Trust Trust Let's uh, That's right, yeah. Trust Let's. I think yep. uh I think Jermaine uh Fitchett told me about that yeah, shout do you remember out, Jermaine shout yeah shout out right there <laughs> you still talk to Jermaine yeah, yeah, have you yeah, checked yeah. in with him I have man um, yeah he's in uh, he's North Carolina now yeah, yeah good yeah, good, good, great guy oh he's awesome great guy. I don't want to cut you off we'll, yeah. we'll talk about Jermaine in a minute I want to yeah. hear how he's doing <laughs> uh, but yeah man so uh, we're on three seasons now we kind of, we, well we finished we've completed three seasons we got video up audio up awesome um, Apple Spotify YouTube cool um, wherever, wherever you can find major podcasts so that was like that was kind of like labor of love, um, the the the, the Leches moniker is like in the you know that that's a that's a famous uh, uh, dessert, oh. and uh, the the meaning of it is just like the three milks. So that's why we decided with that name. Yeah, um, that's cool. But it's a hip hop hip hop and culture based podcast, and uh, we all were just lovers of of the music and the culture. Um, so we deep dived into like years in hip hop albums, um, you know, some social commentary here sure. and there. But it was kind of like that barbershop talk with the with the hip hop spin. Um, so right now cool. we're kind of like in a. We don't know if we want to continue per se. Right now we, we we're sitting on like a good amount of material. Yeah. So we, we can kind of just you know just let let that let that do its own thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got three full seasons in the tank, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit, man. I've I've been at this for one year, and it's. It's a lot of work, man. It's just it's just me. I so I, I hear you on that, like holding the bag sometimes. It's, it's a lot. Man. It's, it's, it's a lot. I commend you. Yeah, um, it's I do it, and it's like holding yourself to a standard. And I don't, sometimes I'm like, why do I even set a standard? Like, I'm like, I have a year ago. I was like, I have to do one every week, no matter what. And I do. Sometimes it's me. It's just me in my basement talking about something. And you, not ninety six percent of the time, I have had a guest. Right. Um, but I make sure that I've done one every single Thursday. Um, it launches every Thursday. So whatever. I'm just, a year, I'm almost at a year. It'll be that in like June 15th or something like that. So, but I know Congrats. what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. But that's all. That's really cool. I, I really, um, I think I checked it out a while back, but I, I forget. I gotta, I gotta look, I gotta ask you some questions. Cause I, you know, I do the whole podcast and Apple thing, but, and I do YouTube. I have a whole nother YouTube channel like different stuff it's more like outdoorsy as it's not really this kind of stuff okay but um yeah i could yeah. uh i can link you with some stuff to make it easy for you man you just hit a button boom yeah yeah <laughs> I'll talk, i'd love to talk about that i mean it's easy for me to kind of edit like this audio i put it in a program it doesn't take too long i don't i don't do many edits really yeah the video thing i had a problem with though because it syncs up different than the audio yep and it was driving me nuts i have a couple that i uploaded the video to spotify but my lips were moving and the freaking mute, the, the, and I, it was driving me nuts. And I researched it endlessly and I thought it, this has to be an easy, solu easy solution. Yeah. But to have the quality audio coming in through the Sure mics and the quality recording and all that stuff, you either need like a really expensive camera that has that same rate yep. or something, or because I had like three cameras going and like I'd see, I, I know how to video edit a little bit. I put it together and I'm like, it's driving me nuts. It's no joke. We were using Zoom. So for us, because we weren't in the same location, yeah. ever. Uh, yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, so so it gets it gets it gets tedious, and then you know, the rate of like how good video has become. Yeah, you know, 
we were like, all right, we we like that's part of our break right now because we we got to up the game as far as technology and where we want to go if if we're going to do a fourth season because it has to be you know yeah you want you don't want to go backwards no no yeah that's no. why yeah I'm trying to figure that out um and and honestly like if I could just like even right now I just need one camera here on me one on you go back and forth you know I, I can edit that in 20 minutes right. if I had this audio very easily that could hook up you know to YouTube that'd be great but really what's happening is this specific clean audio clear audio doesn't match up with the video and that sucks yeah so yeah. and when I you know I, I mute the video I take the audio tracks off of the video and the rate is just off and it's not like you fix it once it's like every like three minutes the it's bit off. is yeah it's not adjusting yeah, yeah. and I, I just got really frustrated like you know what this is a podcast it's audio I'm just doing that for now <laughs> and I and that was part of my thing because I'm, I'm I love it audios I'm, I'm kind of like standard regular with it yeah but then you know people want video they and, do and yeah so. but but honestly like i listen to a lot of podcasts i just listen to them it's in the car i'm same. not watching anything you same. Know? so same. you know for now it's okay but it, i think uh in the next year or two it probably the technology will it's probably already there i just don't know about it yeah yeah no it's there <laughs> yeah it's there or i can't afford it either way um <laughs> yeah. so i was gonna ask you like what do you we talked about your podcast. Give us like, who is, you know, I, I don't want to act like I know much about um, hip hop because I don't. Um, but who is a, who's a hip hop artist from this area? One who's like, if you had to say like the all time best in your opinion, mm -hmm. and who's someone who's up and coming that we may not know about yet? A, uh, uh, era or area? Um, area. Okay. <laughs> but All right. in any era. Yeah. I, I mean, that's easy. Uh, I, I would give. I would go with the roots, um, yeah. right here in Philadelphia. Uh, they, I mean, just first hip hop band. You know, uh, that might be arguable, but they were the ones who put live instrumentation yeah. with, uh, you know, lyricism and um, made it a thing. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they still obviously they're still out here t today. Quest Love is probably the most you know, renowned drummer that's not on the Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> with the Rolling Stones. Um, and, you know, Black Doll is crazy lyricist. I mean, they've had people that to go in and out of that band that had gone on their own careers, like a, a, a Mark Ronson who, who went on to, like, produce for, like, you know, Dr. Dre and, like, yeah. you, you you know, you name it. <laughs> I got I got to say two things. Um, it's funny because we're talking about this earlier. Where did I hear about The Roots first? Act 101 at Bloomsburg. Wow. Where I will tell you this. When I was second, a little bit different from The Roots, but we're talking 1996 in the summer at Bloomsburg, uh, Northumberland Hall. It was in my Act 101 hall. And it was like some of the speaker systems that were brought to Bloomsburg must have had their own like... Um, PA? Yeah, or their own like U-Haul to get them there. <laughs> but all the only thing that was playing the entire summer was... Um, Nas, uh, I rule the world. Mm. Like, that's it. I love it. And I really know, I mean, maybe I heard it, but I, I have like distinct memories. Anytime I hear that, it brings me right back to that hall. Like, that was and big, competing, 96. competing like systems. Like, and it was like, it was on like a loop. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, mind it. It was, yeah. it was awesome. But. Yeah. I think, I think some of the roots are got some Bloomsburg roots. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Pun, pun, pun intended. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm wondering. Huh. I, I wonder, do you M know any names? M Millersville and Bloomsburg in particular, I believe Black Thought uh, and or Malik B, who passed away, he was the second MC. Hmm. 
hmm. uh, actually spent time out there in college, and they and they they would they did shows um, under under the Root Squared or Squared okay. Roots. Okay. And, um, yep. Into and then going out to New York and all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I have to look into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So what about what about the uh, this the the next artist that you've been that you know about that you're about to drop a name that everyone's going to get excited about in oh, just a man. couple of years? Yeah. Man, right now you're like it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going to rap. No, um, I would say, man, DJ Fitcher, <laughs> DJ Fitcher. <laughs> no, shout out, shout, yeah, out to shout out to Jermaine for sure. Yeah, currently, I mean, it, it's a lot of good music out here. Um, I would say. Uh, Joey Badass is, is one out there. He's you know, he's actually in the new Hulu Wu Tang series. Okay, um, he's acting. I now. saw that advertised. I didn't see it yet though. Yeah, is it good? Um, I've seen the first two seasons. Man, it's really good. Um, and it's like giving Wu Tang like another go go round. Yeah. At, at you know, uh, at, uh, exposure. Yeah. So it's kids here that are rocking Wu Tang now Wu-Tang. because of the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. You know what I mean? Um. There's also a Weird Al show, which is a different topic, but he's coming back around too in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know Weird Al is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. I remember him. They're, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, the, I don't think young kids knew about him until like, they did that. You know, rebranding thing. Not There's at like all. a show. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Now, now, now. So I'm more so. I'm not listening to rap as much as I did before. Yeah, I'm more so listening to I'm like instrumentation and because sometimes I mean you just don't want to hear vocals all the time. Um, so I know I'm more so listening to different producers. Um, yeah. But uh, for as far as like rap, I mean, yeah, I mean like of course like Kendrick Lamar, right? Like he's at this point he's like uh, he's not even I mean, he's a veteran now. Yeah. I mean he's been out for the last ten de- decade. Yeah. Um, so I think he's one that like a, like a current youth will say is like a legend right yeah. now. You know? Would you say that they're like, seems like a lot of, like even, you know, even in the high school that, you know, we work in, there's kids that are always claiming to be rapping and producing music. And that's cool. I mean, um, have you, have you witnessed people trying to like, you know, coming up and, do you ever do you ever hear like uh, you know like a young artist that's like really good but just doesn't know how to get to the next level or or what does it take to like to get there in your opinion like what does it take you you have you're right there and it's all you know from watching documentaries and stuff it's all who like it used to be like if a producer picked you up and put you on a label everyone heard it on the radio and right. bam you're famous but right. it's different now I think because you can just publish all your own stuff so how does it yeah. what does it take though to to be successful as like a young hip hop yeah. artist. Yeah, I think that uh right, like you can you can make an album in your in your room. Yeah. Now. Probably which, a good one if you're yeah, talented. That, no doubt. I mean, uh we have the access of technology. But I still feel like young people that I know that haven't met, hit that mark yet or or just haven't in general, I think what what the barrier is, you still gotta get out there. You still have to get out you you, you can't you can't just be in your community you have to be, you have to do shows you, you know you have to be where other artists are yeah you have to be out there cultivating your craft you can't be uh afraid to travel and perform live yeah the, you, you know the, to record is one aspect but you got to have you, you got to be able to rock the mic you got you got to have to, you got to rock a show yeah um and you got to be out there and i think that's that's a clean barrier that'll separate a lot of people who who just like can can give you a 
I was about to say give you a tape, good lord. <laughs> can can, demo tape. can yeah. give you my phone right here, here, here's my phone, listen to my song. Yeah. Versus, yo, I'm gonna be performing at blah 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 tonight. Check yeah. me out. Yeah. That's where we separate. And you see them on the mic and they know how to work the crowd and they know that like their that's, presence. That's I lo- I don't care what I'm watching. When someone can do that, man, I envy that. And it's like that's impressive. Absolutely. It, almost it just is. as much as the actual l- lyrical talent. Yeah. No, I know you, what you're saying. Your that. presence. Yeah. That's cool. Um, is there any, what, what do you have, do you have any show, Any shows that you're going to check out coming up? Ooh, man, um, as you say that, so I just bought a ticket to, uh, I don't know if you down with the Oakland-based uh, Hieroglyphics crew. They're out no. like uh, Oakland, California. No, I know, I know where Oakland is, and I know what hieroglyphics are, but I don't know. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, not the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, but uh, yeah, it's a crew called um, Soldier Mischief. <laughs> okay, um, they had a, they were big on '93 uh, Till Infinity was like their biggest song, so they're celebrating like a 30 year tour. So um, me and a couple of friends of mine, we got uh, there's a show at World Cafe Live around okay. Drexel. Uh, oh, awesome, around that uh, University City area. And um, I'm just I just bought tickets to that show, so um, can't wait to. And, and then Black Star, uh, Talib Kweli and Most Def, uh, just like reunited. So I'm hoping to. They're gonna be in Philly soon. I'm hoping to get a ticket to that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, do you spend a lot of time in Philadelphia still? I yeah. So I'm in Mount Airy right now. Um, and then you know, and I I'm always kind of dwelling in the city. Um, you know, whether it be hanging or, yeah. or, you know, work. Give me, um, I'm going to do some stuff now. Uh, what is a place in Philadelphia kind of in your area that if somebody wanted to go down there and like, uh, have this like really cool experience at a bar, what's a, what's a great like bar? It could be bar restaurant. Um, what would be, what would be a cool and if it's too cool, you probably won't tell us because you don't want to expose it. But like, <laughs> yeah. what's a, what's a like a unique small place that people might not know about that's cool? Yeah, yeah so, it doesn't have to be that you know small, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say like one of my favorite spots is um, so I used to live in East Falls, so I was like real, real close at that point. I was about seven minutes away, but uh, they're in like East Germantown, so it's uh, Attic Brewery. Okay, Attic, Attic Brewing Company, and um, it's kind of set like everything is wood. And it looks like an attic. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, yeah, they opened in the pandemic, actually. Um, just real cool staff, yeah. chill. Um, they're in a majority black community. And what I love, what they did was, you know, they didn't try to, you know, you, you know that term gentrification, right? Um, they did not try that avenue. It's kind of the other way around where they're like, you know, we're going to we're gonna cater to the neighborhood. Yeah. And, in, and as a result, the neighborhood has catered to them. Protects the place, yeah. and it's it's they're in a cool little you know part of the city, and you know there's like music. Um, they do like I think they did a art fest. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it's a very cool spot. Yeah. Um, they're definitely one of my one of my favorite places. What yeah. about what about a place in the city that you th- you've always found this pretty cool that that's not like one of the tour like the Liberty Bell or uh, <laughs> you know what I mean like something that's like a cool part of the city that you've always Maybe people don't know about. Uh, I always liked, I always like Fairmount art section, um, but that's kind of one of the more popular spots. But um, I think like the north, I'm gonna just keep shining light on the northwest side of Philadelphia. You know, Mount Airy, East East Falls, yeah. Germantown, it's Chestnut Hill. Yeah, it's a lot of cool places that people don't really know 
um, because it's not downtown or yeah. it's not South Philly or it's not West Philly. Um, you know, uh, Uncle Bobby's is a, is a place that I always go to. It's a bookstore. Yeah. And uh, I get my coffee there and, you know, pick up a great book if I'm lucky. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That part of the section of the city is, just has a lot of gems that people don't know. You ever eat at, um, oh, it's a place on the corner of right near Northeast, Western, Eastern Stables in Chestnut Hill. It's like a deli. Uh, yeah, it used to be, Big Dalton used to be across the street. Uh, I don't know. Train station. Um, it's called, it's right at, you know, do you know Northeast Stables right yep. near Chestnut Hill? Yep, yep, it's yep. Called, Oh my God, I can't believe it's called, um, it's like a diner. Uh-huh. But do they do like lunches, little cafe? Oh, what's it called? I forget the name. I don't know. But I'm there twice a week um, at the Stables because I... I ride my bike all through the trails there and, and the Wissahickon. Yep. Yep. That place is crazy. Oh man. That's it, a, that's a gem, man. It is a gem. It so, is a gem. Valley green. Yeah, all that that's stuff. what I mean. Val- yeah. Like yeah, the, well, the yeah. Valley green in. Yeah, right, 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 right. But those trails up there, I mean, for someone like me who loves mountain bike, it, they're unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah. And there's yeah. hidden, like, man, when I start to look around, sometimes when I go with my younger son, mm-hmm. I got him into it as well. And I'm not just flying through, like trying to get my best time. Mm-hmm. I find something different every time. Like uh-huh. there's old dwellings and like statues and there's all kind of, it's really neat. Man. Oh my God, man. The stuff there. is like hundreds Caves. of years old. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, you know, for a non uh, Philly native, that's my little uh, two cents. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. The things that are cool in, in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. No, you're in the right spots, man. Yeah. No, that's good. So I want to ask you kind of, you know, running short on time here. We got to get back to our lives, but, um, What's some advice that you might give to um, kids that are maybe young, you know, 15, 16, 17, maybe even going off to college to the next thing? What are some things that you could tell them that maybe you've learned through your own life experience? Just, I don't know, it could be general advice or things that maybe you do tell kids from time to time. Like, what are some, what are some of the things you, you might, pieces of advice you might say? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would just encourage encourage them to appreciate you know uh the time they have now um because you know once you once you become an adult i mean the clock just continues to run and then you're in a you're an adult you yeah, know yeah. um but this time is limited you you know it, it, it you only get it for a certain amount of time so yeah. so uh keep your memories you know like uh make make memories um because you know you go you you zip through it too so fast and sometimes you can't even recall things like wait what was I doing in sixth grade what was yeah. I doing in high school this is real stuff like people don't even know because they were going so fast yeah or or ignoring it because they for whatever reason um, but to make sure you're making memories to keep them I love it yeah what about what about kids um you know I'm not saying kids that are you know, seriously depressed or anything but what what about when kids face hard times as teenagers um. But what you know? What kind of things like what? What kind of things could you could people could you tell them if they were listening? Like, man, all right, well, I'm I'm facing a hard time, or I'm I'm feeling a little apathetic, or a little just. Uh, I, what's 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 some advice that you could give them to to maybe make them feel better for them to advocate for themselves to get some help or whatever? Yeah, uh, I, I would say on like a deeper angle, maybe, um, you know, if, if they're comfortable with anybody that's in their peer circle, yeah, uh, to, you know, find like a trusted person. Um, and if you don't have that, uh, then, then may, maybe trying to analyze like who's in that circle in that yeah. space, because it, if it's, 
if it's beginning to become a, th- a thing that you, you kind of need some support with, I, I think that the next best thing is having like those like good people around you. Yeah. That that if we're talking peer level can can kind of uh, can kind of relate with what you're going through. Um, and then on a more simplistic side, you, you sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Get, go go somewhere, run, sweat. It's you. It's almost a guarantee you're gonna feel a little bit better. Yeah, it's um, crazy how that works. You're too tired to worry about whatever you whatever you stressed out about. That's so true. I mean, the benefits of exercise is just like it's crazy. But it yeah. it's hard to think of. Like you don't want to do it, but then like you know, for, I know I'm sure most people say this. Like after you're done working out, it's there's never a regret. It's never like man, I wish I didn't do that. They're always like, I feel good. A little just Some, endorphins, whatever. Yeah. I, I had a kid. I won't say his name, but he was going through a tough time. And he's like, Mr. Combe, you know, um, you mind if I just do some push-ups? Yeah. Said, Go ahead. And he just, that was, that was how he learned how to acclimate and cope. And, I mean, it is like, it's, it's, it's like sports science. It's like, if you're feeling pain in another way, you can't feel pain in another way. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. almost impossible, you know. Um, so that's, that's one of those, like, sim- simple ones that yeah. you just find. You got to find your way to be able to do it, though, how, whatever your way of executing that. You know, I like that. If yeah. you feel pain in a certain way, would it say that again? If you feel, yeah. if you feel pain in one way, yeah. it's almost impossible to feel it in another way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's that body. Just your body's already, yeah. it's, it's releasing what it needs to release over here. Yeah. Whatever your physical activity is. When you're in your 30th push up, trying to get to your 30 for whatever, right. like you're like, and you can't, <laughs> there's nothing else in <laughs> yeah. your mind yeah. except that. Yeah. That's cool. Well, man, I wish I, I, I kind of felt a little bit defeated when I um, when we started talking about hip hop. I wish I could hang in there more, but I know that I know that's your thing, and that's really awesome. And I appreciate you coming on here to oh, you know. It's you. been a while. Um, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever, and I have so many questions. So maybe who knows? Maybe we could do this again sometime and right, down any, the road. Anytime, man. And uh, the we don't cross our paths all the time, but when we do, it's, it's always good conversation and, and good energy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to catch up sometime outside here. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Mr. Brandon Coleman, not Brendan. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and uh, have a, a great rest of your week. No doubt, man. Salute. All right. All Take right. care. All right. Thanks.